Okay, let's start the pod. So the first important thing to say is, you are not pregnant. I am not? Why? Well, it's just, it's called embarrassing our future kids, which might make people think, oh, kids are imminent. Ah, uh, okay, but that is a wrong intro. There needs to be a background, like an introductory music. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. It might not be afternoon when they're listening to it. Or good morning, or good three? noon, or a good day to everyone, depending on where you are in the world. But I doubt you're listening to this. Yeah, if you are listening <laughs> to this and you're not our future kids, what are you doing? Stop listening immediately. <laughs> exactly. This is the Embarrassing Our Future Kids podcast. We are a newly married couple, or sort of newly, 14 months. In the grand scheme of things, probably pretty new. And so we're, we're creating a record of our life together for our kids in the distant future. Yes. Yeah, there are no currently no kids. Yeah, we currently have no kids. And to those wondering, I'm also, or we're not also expecting. Yeah. We just... And we're, we're not trying either. Yeah. Not now, but there definitely are plans to try. At some point. At some point in the yes. future. And Hence so, the title. And so our, our idea is that... This is for our future kids when they're like teenagers or something to listen to and say, oh, wow, that that's my parents when they were young. I know what they're going to say. It's, they're probably going to say, oh, no, it's cringe. What does mom and dad do? That's like the in theory why we're doing it. But but in reality, it's because we both have topics in our lives or things that we're interested in. That the other one is not interested in. Yeah, that the other one finds boring. And so this is an excuse for us to talk to each other about yeah, the topics that we're not interested in. Yeah, and bore each other to death, possibly. Exactly, yeah. Because the thing is, the topics that we're both interested in, we can talk about any time. Oh yeah, of course. Whereas doing this, we're like forced to listen to each other talk about our respective boring interests. That is true. Yeah. Or, so it's like couples therapy. Yeah. Or one of us can just zone out while the other one is speaking. No, you have to. Although you have that to, is a bit rude. You have to do active listening. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good to me. Yeah. What are we going to talk about then? Oh, we haven't introduced ourselves. Yeah. So we we would like to keep our anonymity, to be honest. Yeah. But for the purposes of, you know. Talking to each other. Yeah. Talking to each other. I am Philip. And I am Antoinette. Yes. And welcome to our first and probably last episode. <laughs> I don't think it's the last. It's probably, aren't we going to do this um, like weekly? But obviously we're just going to keep this to ourselves. Weekly? Maybe maybe monthly. Monthly. Yeah. But we're going to probably be keeping this to ourselves for now. We, we might decide to publish, but for now, yeah, this is for this. our own consumption. Couples therapy. Yeah, we don't really... What do you mean couples therapy? We don't have problems. <laughs> All couples need therapy. Yeah, especially happy ones. Yeah, I just suppose. to make keep us happy. <laughs> okay. So then what are we gonna talk about? So I've recently read The Three Body Problem by you speak Mandarin. How would you pronounce his name? You can pronounce it however you like, but I think it's Liu Shishin. Liu Shixing. So he wrote the the three body problem. And it's two sequels, which collectively are known as... <laughs> what? what? 
this is the part where I really don't want to listen because this is a podcast. I need to do active listening. <laughs> what is your topic? Uh, it's going to be Rex and AFC because they're flying to the US and there are lots of things to talk about. Philip doesn't really like football. I am a recent recruit into the football world. I'm now at Twitter and interacting with Wrexham fans. That is really weird for me, but I think I've kind of gone into the rabbit hole. And since I have no one to interact to with regards to Wrexham, and to be honest, I'm a closeted Wrexham fan, I really don't want to come out. Come out. Because, again, I like my anonymity. So, yeah, this is a perfect place to talk about it. So do you want to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. So I'm doing a book report on the three-body problem uh, and its two sequels, collectively known as The Remembrance of Earth's Past. Although I think, from what I've seen, people just Ooh, call are, it... Are we ripping off John and Hank Green here? Because obviously Hank is, I don't uh, know, I mean, probably talks about more sensible stuff and then probably John talks about football. Yeah. John and Hank Green, don't sue us, please. <laughs> I mean, it's two two people talking to each other. Yeah, okay. My favorite type of podcast is two people talking. Are this known as Well, that's the... why it's a podcast, because two people are talking. Don't bang the desk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was drinking my, um, what do you call this? This is a white Water. cold tea. No, it's a white cold cold tea. Okay. It it tastes like light sheets pretty good. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> Okay, why don't you discuss your three-body problem? I've just had an, an attack of imposter syndrome. Is that why would anyone be interested in listening to me review the three-body problem? No one's going to listen to us. This is for our own consumption. Oh, okay. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do some light spoilers. What I'd say is don't read the Wikipedia article on the three-body problem because it just gives too much away. And I think that the best way of experiencing it is just to, to go in and not know anything about it. So it starts off... During the Chinese Cultural Revolution in the 1960s, a young astrophysicist called uh, Ye Wenzhe witnesses her father being killed. Um, and so it follows her story. And then it jumps forwards 40 years. Isn't it? I don't think it's exactly given, but it's about 40 years. And when you come across this uh, astrophysicist who is contacted by the police, who asks him to investigate... Uh, mysterious deaths of a range of scientists from around the world and through use of a computer game called the three-body problem he tries to unravel the mystery of what's going on so that's the the original book no that's... it's like a detective um type yes sort of so this is something you know i i would probably i don't know it's make it makes it much more interesting because it's you know detective type yeah, uh, I don't think you would like it. No, because it's all, well, it involves like alien and space. I'm not, I'm not going to say whether what it involves. Okay. But it might involve space. Oh, yeah. All right, go on. I'm not really going to say more than that. I'm just going to speak generally because I can imagine our kids listening to this as teenagers and thinking, oh, I really want to read this and I don't want to give it away from them. Oh, come on. You could. It, it is a mystery novel. And it's similar to Isaac Asimov's mystery novels. What I'd say is it's uh, interesting to see science fiction through uh, a different culture and to see China depicted in during the Cultural Revolution and then China again to be depicted in 2008 and then using that time period as a, as a jumping off period. Okay. 
So the second book is called The Dark Forest. You, don't, you haven't even explained the three body. You just said, I don't know, there were a bunch of scientists. Yeah, so scientists have, have mysteriously committed suicide. Yes, and yeah. someone and, was tasked to investigate it. Yes. Okay. But I don't want to give any more away. Why? Because it's because the you joy. You need to the, you need to review the three body problem. I have. I'm saying it's this is the. This is that it's not. That it's just a synopsis, like a very brief and concise synopsis. <laughs> so not even a review. Like you need to review the details that matters most in this book report. Okay. Um, like I, I want to be interested. What is actually the three body problem in that computer? Oh. And how do you go about resolving it? Do you know the three-body problem in physics? It's actually the n-body problem where n is equal to or greater than three. No, I don't. So you you can't actually figure out uh, the orbit of of more than three bodies. Yeah, or, you need to speak plainly, not like... I'm speaking in yeah, like physics. Yeah, but... Yeah, the three-body problem I, I found intriguing... Uh, it was, I enjoyed it very much. There was a bit at the end which I wasn't sure about. You see, okay, well, I can I can name it. You see the uh, Sofans being built. And I, I like the trial and error aspect of that. Of what? But what I, of building the Sofans. So what is a Sofan? If I do that, it's going to give away the plot. The thing I didn't like was that in showing that, it sort of gave away the the main antagonist in the story. Well, it didn't give it away. It, it should have showed them. Ah, uh, is it AI, the main antagonist? No. Okay. So in the first half of the book, it's sort of this mystery being built up. And then there's the payoff in the second half, which I enjoyed. But the 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 thing is with the payoff, I think they, the antagonist was given, you saw the antagonist too much. And it's like in, in Jaws, Jaws is so scary because you don't see the shark all that much. It was actually because the 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 animatronics didn't work that well, but that builds builds up the tension because you you only you have to build. Yeah, it. it's Whereas kind what, of like watching what, horror movies where it, exactly you're kind of like anticipating the ghost coming out, but it's not coming out. Yeah, and the unknown is always much scar- more scary. Oh yeah, of course, it's like swimming in the ocean, swimming in the sea. Like sometimes, even though I'm confident in the water, I get scared because I always imagine oh, what lurks down there. So the the dark forest uh, is the sequel. And I, I much preferred The Dark Forest. I think it's my favourite of, of the three. So what happens in The Dark Forest? Dark Forest, the, the storytelling is slightly different. Uh, it's uh, in a part structure. And this is what really reminded me of The Foundation by Isaac Asimov. And in fact, there's one scene in particular. So it's, it's a, a former US Secretary of State meets a, ter- a former terrorist or... Is he a former terrorist? He's, he's a dying terrorist. In okay. A, in, I think he's. This is very, you know, um, kind of like jumping to this spy world with all this te- U.S. Secretary of State meeting terrorists. There's a bit of spying in it throughout, yeah, okay. actually. Yeah. So uh, there's a scene where the Secretary of State goes to Afghanistan, goes to this cave, and he meets someone who's clearly supposed to be like Osama bin Laden. The former enemies have come together. Uh, and in it, they talk about these books, and he and as a gift, the U.S. Secretary of State brings this man, and you don't know what he doesn't say what the book's called. He says, "Ah, you know, oh, I used to read these when I was young. Thank you so much. They're great." And then he said, "Do you see yourself as Harry Seldon?" Who's uh, Harry? Who is he? Harry Seldon is in the Foundation novels. He's like the lead guy in them. 
He's actually an antagonist. In, no, well, protagonist. no protagonist. He's the one that predicts that the Galactic Empire is about to collapse, and he sets in motion a series of events so that um, the Empire can rise again in the form of a okay. foundation. He actually he he died. He he's dead by the second part uh, of the very first book, but so, like he, he puts things in motion. Yeah. So yeah. So in going back to that. Yeah. So the U.S. Secretary of State asking the guy is he Harry Seldon? Yeah. I, no. No. It's the or is it the Taliban? It's a, the, yeah. It's a, the, like Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Says, "Oh, do you see yourself as Harry Seldon?" To um, the U.S. Secretary yes. of State. And it's like, oh, okay. The three books you're talking about are the Foundation trilogy. The first three books of the Foundation. Oh, okay. And then from there, it does mirror very much the Foundation because Foundation is about this this threat at some point in the future coming, and the Three Body Problem trilogy or Remembrance of Earth Past is also that. And then in the, from the second part of the book onwards, they do uh, a time jump, which is very reminiscent of what happens in Foundation. Every chapter, effectively, in Foundation, you do a time jump to the next generation. So you don't stick with too many characters. As a result, in Foundation, the plot drives everything it's the and the characters are superficial it's it's very unlike like modern science fiction but in a weird way the the three-body problem the characters in that aren't development so in a, that's another echo of of foundation and so harking back to an older form of of science fiction it's and so, so it feels like the natural successor um something i i sort of start with i thought was a bit cheating but then uh, I sort of grow, grow used to it, was a concept uh, called hibernation, which is effectively cryogenically freezing characters so, oh, okay. that they, so that they can live from one time period to another. So like one of the lead characters in the first time period goes into hibernation and then you can, so and then that, you follow him waking up. Is that why the there is a time period. jump? Because of the cryogenic... Yeah, exactly. Um, the hibernation. Hibernation. There's a, yeah, there's this time jump. Also, the, the, so there's a human-based enemy if throughout most of the first book and like the first part of the second book. After the time jump, the first time jump in the second book, they say they just say, "Oh yes, this this human organization uh, that that was like a main antagonist uh, previously. Oh yeah, they they've wiped out. They've been gone for decades." Is that? Like, oh okay. And I I thought, oh, at some point they're going to come back. In fact, we're going to discover they they weren't gone. But they've always been hanging around. But no, no, they were gone. It's like, oh, okay. They were like the most interesting part of the first book. And like, oh, they and they just yeah, they were defeated off screen. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, these are the types of books that or movies that I don't. And then there's the final book, Death's End, which gave me uh, a massive existential crisis. It doesn't take much to give me an so existential why? crisis, because throughout the, it, there is a crisis for humanity to solve throughout. So it's and, climate change. Uh, I didn't. No, it's not climate change. What is it? But so I think it's a food scarcity. Uh, actually, actually, food scarcity comes up. I I think it is. It's an analogy for climate change. Okay, so. It is, it, so it is climate change. They they just change it for the for the books. Yeah, it's there's this <laughs> oncoming crisis. Well, that's what the best science fiction does. It, it, the best science fiction is never about the future or or galaxies far far away. It's about 
it's about the time when they were written. Hmm. And there's there's different oncoming problems uh, throughout the, the books. I think they all they're all different analogies for climate change. I did actually. I haven't read what the author said. I haven't read anything about the books other than the books themselves. Yeah, because on your notes you said yeah. riddle and first part figure out fish pond losing water. So oh yeah, it's okay. kind of like you know. I wasn't as big a fan of the third book, even though it like affected me emotionally more than any other. It gave me that the biggest existential crisis. Good books should traumatize you slightly. You should be a different person after reading. Oh, it's book. like the eleventh hour. By Al Gore. Did that traumatize you? Yeah, it was. I think it was a required um, film to watch when I was in school. And then I remember we had to go to the cinema to watch it. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. So Death's End. Um, There's a riddle. Oh, I got a kiss. Yeah, I'm stopping there to kiss you because you're so close to my face. Because oh. we only have one microphone at the moment. Oh. We're skint. <laughs> no, I'm tight. Yeah, so so there's a riddle early on in the book. The fish pond is shrinking. We are fish in the pond and the, the pond is shrinking. And that sort of mixed with the, uh, a scene very earlier on where Yeowinger's daughter is speaking about what the universe would look like if there wasn't any life in it. Would it look any differently? Uh, and then also talk of uh, higher dimensions, which, which sort of had me that thing. So I sort of, I figured out the riddle. I don't know, maybe you're supposed to fiddle out the riddle. So what is the riddle? The, the riddle is the fish part is shrinking and we are the fish. And it's like, oh, what? Yeah, so the earth is dying. And so... Yeah, it wasn't about earth. Oh, it sort of becomes about Earth. Yeah, so the Earth is dying, and, and, and then, so are we. Yeah. And then there was a. There's another part where there's a secret message hidden in a fairy tale. Uh, to start with, I thought I thought that that oh, there's some cleverness here because the story's told, and so you, you see the person listening to the story, uh, and she and she said he because she, she knows there's a secret message hidden in this fairy tale, and so she's listening to, intently, but she became so entranced. With this amazing tale that she was hearing, and then it like splits these secret people in a secret room and are trying to analyze it. And so they bring in children's authors to try and analyze it. And the authors say, "This story is really, really good." I thought, "Oh, that's quite clever. You're seeing how great this story, how mesmerizing this story is." But you're you're not actually showing us what the story is. So we have to build it up in our minds. And then the next chapter is the entire story. This is what the fairy tale was. And like, okay, you, you've sort of built yourself up a lot. It is a good story. But it's like, ooh, okay. Also, I mean, the whole novel does meander quite a lot. Uh, it's similar to how I felt about Hilary Mantel's final novel of the Thomas Cromwell series she did, which was, was very, very long and meandering. And I think, oh, you know, you could have done with a, another edit. Yeah, me, maybe to be fair, the author is, you know, probably really established and thought. Yeah. Also, there was a couple of factual errors. At one point, they say 15 men walked on the moon in the 20th century when it was 12. Yeah, again, they couldn't be bothered to read it back anymore. Yeah. Because they were too familiar. Yeah. With it, because they probably have read it so many times, and you know, sometimes he, you get that perception, ah, uh, that oh, I I have read this so many times. Surely I've got everything. Yeah. So there's that. He needs always needs a fresh set of eyes yeah. to uh, read it. I mean, there's common themes in all the 
the three books like there's love stories in each and each love story is really weird like i mean the the love story in the the second book in particular is especially a bit creepy and strange uh but but but, but the weird thing is at the end i was sort of like really excited for them and hoping that they stay together forever so is this the part where novels include some sort of love story so that it doesn't get boring because the whole premise is already boring and then oh i'm gonna inject some love story here to make it more steamy uh, i don't know i think it sort of it pulls at the heartstrings a bit it's I like mean, the thing is the fit in the, the in the first one so the the uh, astrophysicist who is contacted by the the police to try and think <laughs> someone a woman that he saw and took a picture of killed herself and this sort of like shook him and he's he's part of the reason why he wants to figure out what's happening is because he he feels for this woman who he sort of saw and sort of had a feelings for and then you realize he has a wife and kids like well a wife and a child Oh, by the way, you see this wife and child once, and then you never see them again. So and odd. like he's he goes and logs on to the three body problem uh, computer game, and you think, what what's your wife and child doing at this point? Vanished to what, the end of the earth. What I'd say about the the computer game is the first time you go in, and you think, okay, this is interesting, and then he goes in the second time, and you think, well, we're going back to the computer game. Okay, fine, let's go back, and then. After the second time, you sort of want, I just want him to get back to the computer game. That's really, really interesting. Just just go back to the computer game. And every and it was like excitement every time he went what back. What computer game is it based off? The three I, I don't think it's based off any actual computer game. Mm, okay. It's a, so it's a it's a made up computer game. Yeah, so yeah. I mean maybe there's now a, someone's done a real version of it, but and no, the, the thing is there's no there's no value in playing the computer game if you've already watched uh, read the the, the book. Because uh, you know the solution to it, so okay. So, so that that is my book report. Did you used to have to do book reports in school? Yes. Did you enjoy them? Actually, not. No, I didn't either. But I'd love to do a book report now. It would, yeah. I mean, I do. Um, I do love reading books. Cause it, cause to be fair, during our holidays, I do, um, at least read one book and you could see me just being in the zone and I would just read it like in a day but uh, I just struggle to have that you know concentration and being in the zone so at the moment I'm way behind my book reading I have lots of books stacked up so I need to go back but anyways going back to the book report what, what, I don't what, really what do you give me for my book report not plus. really. I have so many comments. It's like there's holes in your story. The <laughs> well, book report I, needs to those be those holes are spoilers. Yeah, but that the book report is about a synopsis, like you know what's well, happened. Got, what's your interpretation? I mean, I gave the the opening synopsis. Well, yeah, but then without me coaxing some answers from you. There is one plot hole which I want to say. So if you haven't read the book, skip forward like thirty. Yeah, so if the Trisalarans knew how to shroud Earth, which they must have done because they could travel faster than light, and supposedly if you can travel faster than light, you know how to shroud a solar system, why did they just go off into space? Why didn't they go to Earth and shroud it? That that That's a very spoiler, but it was like something that bugged me. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. 
I really enjoyed it. It's it's like hard science fiction, and uh, yeah, it gave me an existential crisis. Although to be fair, that that's not that hard. Yeah, it's not. Yep. So overall, three body problem or remembrance of Earth best uh, to give the trilogy its name. Really good. I recommend. Few things I wasn't sure about, but you know, it reminded me so much of um, Foundation, and I think it is like the natural successor. Okay. So that's you know. That's, that's the three-body that. problem. Yeah, so that's the three-body problem. Next, your topic, lady. Um, my topic is about me having fondness of Rexham AFC. So now this, obviously, I'm a bandwagoner. <laughs> I know that's yes, something what? to be frowned upon, apparently, in Britain, that you you know, jump into a bandwagon, especially about supporting a football club, because people get very cagey, especially... From this point of view where they have supported the football club ever since they were kids, they were brought by their parents. And that's totally understandable. But to be fair, for new fans, you can only support what's in front of you. So, Why why did you choose AFC Wrexham? Well, I did not choose. Of I all the sports teams. Why why them? What, what, made, what, what was their appeal? Well, because I watched the documentary. Ah, okay, yes. So that's the main that's point. That's point. That's why I'm a bandwagoner. Because yeah. a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon when they watched the documentary. Because yeah. to be fair, it's it's really it's a really good documentary. In fact, it has six Emmy nominations. Because it's that good. Isn't it? Also to do with your husband, you know. Having oh been... yes. So it, not only am I a bandwagoner because I've watched a documentary, um, it's also because I actually have proper ties with Rex and AFC, although indirectly via your husband. Yeah, via my husband. You, um, you were baptized in Rexham. Your parents lived. Yeah, across the road from... Yeah, which is across the road from the race course. Yeah, and the race course being where they play football. Yeah, it's a stadium. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, they call it the race course. So, you know, it's not like um, I don't have any connections, although, I mean, I did try to force the connection. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's easy to, you know, have a soft spot for it cause, um, because of you and your parents, especially. Yeah. But mainly Ryan Reynolds. But mainly watching the documentary. And yes, I do like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and, you know, he's funny, funny actor, and he's a philanthropist, so it's not to like. So, I mean, that's me. It's I'm, it's not totally because of documentary. It's just so because... What's been happening in Wrexham this week? Yeah, so they had a preseason game yesterday, like with... A team from North Wales as well, which is called Ballatown. Do you know where Ballatown is? Uh, Ballat? Yeah. 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 So that was the team that they played against. So they, the score apparently is 4 2 to Wrexham. So the scoreline did worry me a bit. Not because obviously Wrexham scored four, but they let in two goals, which is totally typical of them, apparently. Apparently, from what I've read or what I've seen, like they do let in goals, and they were like two one down at halftime, which is so typical. It has it. It's kind of like what's happening to them in the national league, where they come back down from like. I'm not an expert, obviously, but I I do feel like 
they should stop letting in goals like that and coming from behind just you know be clinical and finish the job like score and don't concede any goals but anyways that's just my point of view and it's as they say it's a friendly so so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's about getting minutes in the legs yeah so yeah so that's that's that and then they had a signing his name is will boyle and he's from huddersfield town do you know where huddersfield is it's in yorkshire yes it is i think so i haven't been so but do you want to tour the football grounds of britain um i don't know if i want to go that extreme but yeah i, I mean i do want to see the race course at some point um, yeah, so they signed someone named Will Boyle, and he's from the championship club Huddersfield Town. Okay, it's not too bad. Apparently, he's really good, and he played for, he played with some of the players that is already in the Wrexham team, specifically Ben Tozer. So they played together in Cheltenham Town, and they're quite a pairing because um, he always is, or Will Boyle is always in the receiving end of. Ben Tozer's long throws, and then he just had its heads it in. And I've read some of the comments from the Cheltenham, Cheltenham Town people. I love Cheltenham, by the way. Don't you? You're now talking about the actual town. Yeah, yeah, than the yeah. I'm team. just, you know, yeah, kind so of like Ch- um, nice. ad libbing here. <laughs> yeah, we we love Cheltenham. Anyways, yeah. So previously, he and Ben like. He, I mean, Will Boyle and Ben played for Cheltenham Town, and apparently they're quite a dangerous pairing. Mm. And one of the comments were, uh, well, I've read from the Cheltenham Town supporters that it is their cheat code. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> they, because Cheltenham Town got promoted that year. I think it's twenty. I don't know what year was that. Twenty one, twenty two, when they got promoted to League One. Mm. So apparently it's their cheat code, those pairing, and now. Well, because now they're together in Wrexham, there's expectation that they will repeat that feat. There's also a comment about him looking like someone from Star Wars or Star Trek. They're, they're different things. Um, It's like OD9 or something? OD9? Odo? Odo, yeah. Okay, so let's that's search. Fair. let's search who Odo is. I know who Odo is. Odo is from Star Trek? Yes, Star Trek yes. Deep Space Nine. He's a he's a Let's... changeling. So tell me, does he look like Odo? Uh, <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose I can see it. But it's a bit harsh. I mean, we don't care what he looks like. He looks he looks fine, as long as he scores goals and well, scores goals and defends properly, then he should be fine. Also, he seems to be, like, a good leader. Yeah. And he also participates in community reach-outs. So, yeah, he's, I think he's a good guy, to be honest. Yeah, good. And then, on one of his interviews, obviously, he was delighted to join. Obviously. What would he, what would he say? He was delighted to join. And he said he would rather join now, now being, like, last Friday. Because, obviously, they're, they're flying to the U.S., yeah. Like, they why, flew today, this morning. Why are they flying to the US? They're going to have a tour. Okay. Of, of, and they're going to play football teams in the US? Correct. Well, football teams in the US and football teams from England. So they're going to play Chelsea, which is a Premier League team. 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Chelsea. They're going to play Manchester United. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is for fans. In the, these are friendlies, though, right? Yeah, friendlies. Yeah, these are friendlies. And more likely than not, obviously, going there, catering to the US fans. It's just like expanding the exposure of Wrexham in the US. And, you know, earning more money to fund their Premier League dream. So, you know, yeah. you can't complain, really. So and they're also playing LA Galaxy, although they're playing the kids. LA, LA Galaxy reserves. LA now, I, okay, I've heard of LA Galaxy. Yeah, that's where David Beckham used okay, to play before. Okay, that's why I've heard of them. Okay, and then they're also playing Philadelphia Union, although they're playing the reserves again. Hmm. So they're playing Chelsea. I think they're playing the Chelsea first team. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, there's some big stars playing from Chelsea. Manchester United, they're going to play the kids, which is probably their under-23s. Yeah. They're going to play the kids of LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. They're going to play the kids of Philadelphia. Good but stuff. I mean kids. It's the reserves. So it's still going to be pretty good. It's, you know, friendlies are meant to be um, about testing your fitness and ensuring there's minutes in your legs so that you get used to playing and eventually the aim is you're gonna have match fitness yeah prepare you know and ready to go again in for the next season which starts in 5th of august great are we gonna watch watch the footy yes i have to say the most interesting thing about watching football with you is your reaction and how you shout at this at the team if only they'd listened to you, they'd have done so much better. Yeah, it's just I'm probably when I watch, I do get get pretty invested in it, especially if the if those teams are the teams that I support. Well, England, yes, because obviously I live in England now, and I don't know. Again, I jumped into the bandwagon. Sorry, 2018 World Cup, that was like the best ever. So. And from there, I, I just started supporting England. What about 2020? Oh, no, that wasn't a World Cup, was it? No. It, so I really started supporting England in 2018. No. So, again, I'm a bandwagon jumper. But, you know, I, I didn't I, I, I didn't just support England because it was always successful. Come on. We, England lost in the Euros and that was pretty painful. I mean, you're um, supporting them because you live in England. Yeah. That's a good enough reason as any. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it's ups, ups and downs, really. Come on, the Euros. It was the most disappointing thing. Yeah. I couldn't even bear to watch the penalties, but there you go. Even the World Cup was painful as well. But y- you get the gist. Anyways, yeah. And so I'm also, I am also have a fondness of Rectum. I guess I do support them because I purchased a membership for oh. the sole purpose of... Watching the games. No, for the sole purpose of just supporting Wrexham. I don't intend to steal tickets, by the way, from the locals. I'm not going to do that. I just intend to watch games at home. So, yeah, I'm happy just to be on the sidelines and supporting the team. Good stuff. So, yeah. And then, yeah, they they just flew today. Mm-hmm. Probably going to have two legs on their flight. So, their, their flight is on board a United Airlines plane. Okay. From London to Dallas, Washington. Oh, it's in Virginia. Yeah. Anyways, that's 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 where we landed. When Another we one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, now defunct. Please come back. Hello, Internet. There's a lot of talk about 
stopped listening to the National Airport. Oh yeah. And how there's a lot of hatred for it. But actually, when I when I went, it was fine. It was alright. It's a very long queue, but that's because the whole IT system broke down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and then when the, when the guy came and he said, "What I told your mother I did for a job," he said, "Oh, so give me an average day in your job." I said, "Oh, where do I start?" Yeah, he got bored. He got bored. He sent me off. As in everyone else, even your parents would say that. Even your brother would say that. So he just goes on and on and on. Anyways, we're very <laughs> off topic here. Oh yeah. So yeah. So I think the first leg of their flight is, um. London to Dallas, Washington. Okay. Washington Dallas Airport, and then I think from there, they're probably gonna fly, um, hop on another plane to North Carolina. I'm not sure which airports haven't been there. It sounds like you're stalking these players. It's not. <laughs> it's just where their first game is. Yeah, so I know what flights they're on. <laughs> I know what. Well, they're... because it's public knowledge. It's in Twitter. People are literally posting the flight path, so I just saw it. I did not like. <laughs> Google news. it myself. There was someone who posted it, and I thought, oh, "Okay, come on, I'm I'm not gonna do that. I just I I saw what what's in the internet, and Fair the enough. internet is a pretty scary place. Anyway, yes, kids, stay off the internet. So it's like I mean, the thing is, if if our kids are listening to this, it could be like twenty years in the future, and who knows what online will be by then. Yeah, it's pretty scary, to be honest. Maybe there'll be some positive changes. Like what? Um, it's probably going to ever get worse. Oh, yeah. So they're flying to the US. The players are flying economy to my horror. And I was like, why the hell are they flying economy? Surely, Rex and AFC could probably afford to fly them in business class. And especially their players, they need to rest, right? And I mean, they're going to travel eight hours from here to, to the first leg of their flight to Washington. So that's pretty long. And these players are like tall, some of them. Like they need six, more leg room. Six foot three. More leg room for the, the, for the kickers. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. Why are they not in business class? That's not what you call it. What do you call it? What? The strikers. Strikers. Yeah. yeah. Not kickers. What are you talking about? I suppose they're all kickers. No, they have different positions. As I've learned, you know, as I've learned in cricket, you know, I tried to learn cricket, but that's for another topic. Yeah, that's next week. Next week. Oh, yeah. So I don't know when the next Ashes schedule is, but hopefully England wins over Australia. Oh, So they're not kickers and they have various positions. Yeah, they're flying, they're flying economy to my horror for eight hours. That's long. Well, maybe elite athletes are stronger. Yeah, but then they need to be sharp though because they're going to play games they're going to play a game when is it Wednesday oh. oh okay they need to get over there so they need you know to rest as much as possible although no. um, the medical staff and physiotherapy st- staff are also flying out so maybe they can get some massages if they're really tired yeah sounds then still, you would have expected that mm. they would have... Because United is their sponsor, Wrexham AFC sponsor. Yeah. So you would have thought they would have put them in business, at least. Yeah, would have thought. And that's a sh- Yeah, that's my only concern, really. When I saw it, I was like, oh, it just didn't sit well with me that they are not in business. Although, you know, the kind of scheme of things is probably pretty minor. 
So yeah, um, good luck to them, and I hope they do well for the friendlies, and I hope they accomplish what they intend to accomplish there, and be back fully fit for the game on 5th of August. Are we going to watch it? We're not going to be here. No, we're going to a wedding. So. Yes. Oh, maybe next podcast, discuss going to the, our first wedding together after us getting married. Oh, after yes. After our own wedding. Yeah, maybe that's our next podcast. Yes. It, it's but, very interesting for me that in our relationship, it's you You are the football person and I am uh, not, not sporty at all. I'm not. Well, it's just that I think I... I'm living here, so I kind of assimilated to the culture. And football is one part of, this of the culture. Po- part of the culture. Very, yeah, a very, very big part of British culture. Yeah. And to be fair, it's fun. You know, going into a rabbit hole, transferring news and stuff. Yeah. It's distracting. Yeah, so Wrexham, again, Wrexham are favorites to go up, mm-hmm. like as champions. But looking at the league, it's probably the strongest league too for some time. It's... It makes it more interesting to watch. Or... Yeah, exactly. Which although you, know... you you find this very stressful. Yeah, I'm gonna be really stressed. Just it's just like the England games. Yeah. England versus France. I couldn't even watch it. I just can't. So yeah, I'm probably gonna be like that <laughs> for most of the time. It, it's gonna be entertaining for me watching you watch the games. Yeah, I know it's gonna be stressful. I don't know how people um, <laughs> live with this for so long, like the stress of. I don't know. Maybe maybe they get used to it, or they. Yeah. So this is why I want to do this, right? I want to be able to expose the wins and losses so that I get stronger. Because I yes. I think I filter what I want to see. Like I just oh. want to see the wins because yeah. I haven't I haven't um you know the episode in Malcolm to Rexham where they lost You've to the playoffs the once. and then where they lost the FA trophy final I haven't watched that yet because it's too hard yeah because it I filter what resilient. I see yeah so the this is, is a good exercise for you've me you've had such great successes in your life like you know marrying a really hot guy so yeah, yeah maybe I don't know about hot uh, <laughs> <laughs> what very hot I suppose very hot we're a hot couple are we yeah okay is that your topic done for this week yeah i think so i i I was blabbing about rexham so much so until next time until next time see you on our next episode of embarrassing your future kids yes do you think they're really embarrassed now um i think so okay bye Bye. So, you know, delete that, delete.